0: Chapter 3, Set Apart and Predestined to Receive the Son Within. Galatians one fifteen to 15-16. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. Let's look at the words of this passage and see what we can learn from Paul. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb And call me through his grace. Set apart for God. Paul is not only declaring his own living reality, but he is declaring ours as well. Paul says before he was ever conceived in his mother's womb, he was set apart for God, for a particular period in time and for a particular reason. We are no different. All those who are foreknown by God have all been chosen and predestined to know God and his purposes. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. What an incredible reality to know that before we were ever conceived, we were already chosen in him. This truth, if believed by us, creates so much trust in God. Knowing that we have been chosen means that we are not an accident. Being chosen means God has intentionally hand-selected us to be his people for a specific purpose. Wow, did we capture that? This makes sense of the words knowing the hope of his calling and to live a life worthy of his calling. Ephesians one eighteen, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. Ephesians 4 verse 1 Therefore I... The prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Paul knew what the Father's calling was, and we are to know it as well. As God's children, we have been hand-selected, marked by mercy, chosen from love, to be set apart for him and his calling. This is why the Bible says that man cannot come to Jesus unless God is drawing man to Jesus. We did not choose God. God chose us. John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. All those people that the Father is drawing to the Son, the Father has hand-selected and chosen them to know himself and his Son. Once again, this reality births so much life in us if we can capture this truth through the power of revelation. To know we are not an accident, and that we've been created to be his is an incredible life-giving reality and one we are to be living our lives from. Paul knew of this living reality, and as followers who have been called to imitate Paul, we are also to know this reality as well. Notice from where the calling comes from. It's not from our ability or choice or means, but through his grace. Paul was called by God's grace. We are called by God's grace. God's grace not only calls us, but God's grace also empowers us to live the lives we are called for. Everything we are becoming and everything we accomplish is to be accomplished through God's grace and God's grace alone. Without God's grace or power operating in us, it is impossible to live this life of imitating God. We will try in our own strength and fail miserably. Trying in our own strength is called legalism. And this is the very thing grace sets us free from. Let's now look at the second part of this passage of scripture. Was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Christ in us. I cannot stress enough how essential it is we come to understand this position of in me. This is the starting point in which Saul became Paul. Saul was lost and now Paul has been found. There was and is no great area here. Paul went from being lost to being found because of receiving the son in him. There is no partiality lost or partially found. We are either lost or found. There is to be no middle ground. If there is a middle ground, it's because we have created it through psychologically appealing to people to get them found rather than the power of the gospel rescuing them out of the darkness and into the light. If we are not receiving the knowledge of God via this way, then we are not receiving the true knowledge of God, which makes us free. It is only in receiving Jesus Christ, the word, this way, that we come into this new life within us. John 3.27 John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. Anything less than this, and we will find ourselves not being able to imitate Paul. This is what enables Paul to be the accurate demonstration of the Son, an ambassador, a representative of the kingdom of heaven, which in turn gives him authority to write the words, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Look at all the other scriptures below and notice the same pattern in all of them. 2 Corinthians 12.9 and he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Colossians one twenty nine. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Galatians 4.19 My children, with whom I am again in labor, until Christ is formed in you. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. John 7.37-39 Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. John four thirteen to 14 Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water, springing up to eternal life. Having the word of God being revealed in us continuously, is the pattern that creates and forms Christ's abundant life in us. This is to be our literal reality and experience, and it is this that Paul was in labor for, my children, with whom I am again in labor, until Christ is formed in you. The question remains, are we receiving the truth within us? Complete in Christ. Colossians 1.28 We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. What does it mean to be complete in Christ? Who is this every man that Paul wants to present complete in Christ? In verse 29, we see Paul saying, it is for this purpose that he is laboring and striving in God's power to see this reality become an outcome. If we don't come into the revelation of what Paul is laboring for, then we will, unfortunately, miss out on the powerful life and reality we were all destined for. A complete life in Christ, where Christ in us is our literal source which we live from. Christ is not just our resource, but he is our very source of life. We don't incorporate Jesus into our lives, rather he is our life. We don't live towards the reality, but we live from it, because Jesus is our life. Colossians 3 verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed. How well do we know and are experiencing this life in Christ? John 1 verse 4 says that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The brightness of the literal life within us is determined by the literal life of Christ being formed within us. The formation of Christ in us is a reality that I fear many in the body of Christ have skipped over in the place of pursuing works for Christ. We pursue outcomes that we believe we can control and accomplish in our own ability and strength, giving us a sense of accomplishment and self-worth. And we completely miss the formation of the life in us from which all our works are to be accomplished. We can be guilty on both accounts. Not only do we skip over this formational life of Christ in us, but the works we set out to do are done in our own strength and power. They are temporal works of hay, wood, and straw, and not eternal works inspired, empowered, and led by the Holy Spirit. Paul wants to present us complete in Christ for a wedding date set in the future. Paul wants to present us spotless and blameless, and as a pure virgin for her groom. Paul desires and lays his life down through the power of God operating mightily within him in order to see the church of Jesus Christ be made complete by the word of God that richly dwells within her. This complete life is a life that is formed on the inside and manifests itself in an outward expression into the earth. I wonder how many of us have spent the time to come into the mystery that Paul was graced to declare to the church, a mystery that is no longer to stay a mystery, but is a real tangible reality. Colossians one to 24-27 and I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This being made complete in Christ's reality was hidden from others in the past, but they also searched God for the times that this would be revealed, as they knew of it, even though it would not be their reality. We are all on the side of time where we can have this mystery revealed in us to the measure that it completes us. We are no longer to be empty vessels trying to live for Christ as empty vessels, but we are to be vessels full of the new covenant glory made complete in Christ because of his power to accomplish his powerful work. Paul knew this reality of having Jesus as his source of life within him, being made complete in Christ. Hence he can write and speak of it to others. We too are to live from this reality so we can imitate the life Paul lived. This isn't a life where we polish the outside of the cup and dish with works for Christ, but it is about allowing him to do our inner work of transformation. Matthew twenty three twenty five to 26 Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee! First clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Only when the inside is clean will the outside become clean. It's when we are made complete in Christ on the inside that we are able to demonstrate the life that Paul and Jesus demonstrated for all to experience. It is impossible to walk in the manner in which Jesus did and imitate God unless we are being made complete in Christ and this is an inner work. Maybe this is why in my experience many avoid this aspect of Christ and continue to pursue outcomes and works for Christ, justifying this truth away by what they do for him rather than who they are becoming in him. If we are living like this, then we have to realize this is a pharisaical position that Jesus is talking about here. It is this position of hypocrisy, and it is a position of the flesh, and as we know, flesh is anti the spirit and is a stumbling block to the things of the spirit, which is ultimately a stumbling block to Christ. This can be very hard to swallow and admit, but unless we do and repent of it, we are putting this inner life reality and transformation being made complete in Christ at risk. As Jesus says, the inner part of the cup and dish must be cleaned for the outer to become clean. We will know how much of this complete life of Christ has been formed in us when we are squeezed. Apples produce apple juice. Oranges produce orange juice. When we are squeezed, what juice comes out of us, flesh or spirit? The reason followers can hear away from me, I never knew you, is because their inner life, heart and mind was left untouched, never being made complete in Christ, which means we are full of self-indulgence, leading to doing things in his name, but in our will. This doing things in his name, but in our will, is a life that looks the part, but is really doing its own thing. When our heart and mind are being made complete in Christ, our outer life will follow suit, and we won't find ourselves ever hearing these words. We will be rewarded with the crown of righteousness. Jesus addressed this very issue with the rich young ruler in Matthew when the rich young ruler asked him how he could obtain eternal life. Matthew nineteen sixteen to 26 And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good things shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You should not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, For he was one who owned much property. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, With people this is impossible but with God, all things are possible. There is much to understand here, but I want to look at one verse. Verse 21, we see Jesus say, If you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. There is that word again, complete. And in this man's case, it's associated with giving away all of his wealth. The challenges people can give away all that they have and not be made complete in Christ. The physical act of doing something doesn't guarantee us anything. Jesus is addressing something way deeper than the young man's wealth, and we must see this if we are to walk into this complete life in Christ. Jesus is addressing the young man's inner life, his heart, and where his treasure truly is. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus was addressing a heart issue and the heart issue wasn't his wealth but who in fact was the God of his life. The young ruler was his own God and because of this he couldn't let go of his wealth and give it away. If we want this complete life in Christ in us we must give Christ all of our heart. We must give Christ our complete heart and not an incomplete one. We can no longer be the source of our life he must become our source. The Gospel of Mark says that Jesus looked at this young man and felt love for him, even though Jesus knew he wasn't going to do what he was asking. I am so thankful that Jesus' love is covering us all while we allow this true, eternal inner work of the Spirit and our hearts and minds to be accomplished. I pray none of us will be like this rich young ruler who walked away from allowing Jesus to do this deep, complete work of the heart. We walk away at our own peril, while for all those who walk into this reality, the complete work will be accomplished. The be attitudes or the attitudes of being is what this complete work of Christ looks like out working in and through a person's life. As we partake of it and in Christ, this complete work starts to unfold and be formed within us. Failure to partake of this life in Christ will have us being void of life, We will have a form of godliness but will have denied its power and we will always be learning but never coming to the true knowledge or knowing God. This happens because we reject the true gospel, the truth, which is the power of God unto salvation. We deny the true gospel, which is God's power to bring us into this complete life by our continuous attempts to bring ourselves into this life through the wisdom of man, the intellect. It is this denying of God's kingdom way that has us living this counterfeit, hypocritical form of godliness out. It looks good and sounds right, but it has no substance. Only when we are made complete in the same mind as Christ, we will be able to live the way Jesus intends us to with him and one another. This is why the Bible teaches us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Only if our minds are renewed by the Spirit, will we stop denying the way God builds us and receive his way? For our minds to be renewed, we must allow God to address the issues of our heart as biblical belief starts in the heart, not the mind. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Romans 12.2 And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We cannot expect to operate from the way of the world and come into this complete life in Christ. It's impossible, and this is exactly what the scriptures teach us. 1 Corinthians 1.21 For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. It was Jesus himself that said, unless you are eating my flesh and drinking my blood, you have no life in yourselves. Matthew six fifty three. Jesus went on to say that his flesh was true food and his blood was true drink and that he who eats and drinks of Christ abides in him and he in him. This is John six fifty five to 56. Once again, the pattern is in us. We can see change around us. We can experience God in all the externals and see Him at work. But when the change and transformation occurs in us, our lives are going to be radically different. It's through this process that the pillars of steel, the fruit of the Spirit, start to become the substance we live from. John 15 11 is an example of the point I am making. This passage is the context with the fruit of the Spirit being formed within us, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. What do we think our lives would look like if we all had Christ's joy in us more and more? What would it feel like? What would our response be to everything we faced? What would others see and experience when they come into contact with us? This is a position to be realized and experienced in Christ now. Joy and happiness are very different. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, while happiness is an emotional feeling that comes and goes depending on our situation or circumstance. Speaking from Christ in us, Paul says God revealed the Son in him so that he might preach him to the Gentiles. There was always a purpose behind what the Father does and the Father's process always sits behind His purpose. There is a massive responsibility given to all those who are going to preach God's truth, and that responsibility is to preach God's version of Himself and not who we think He is. The process of God for preaching Christ to the world is to have the Christ revealed within us more and more, to have His Son and the words that come forth from His Son revealed in us and coming through our lives, is the position through which we speak of him. Anything less than this is a theoretical position, and this position is void of power and life. It may be a place that is technically correct, but it will lack the power that is to be associated and integrated with God's spoken word. The seed will lack substance. In other words, anyone can preach the words of Christ, but not everyone preaches the word of Christ, and it is the word of God that must be declared. The more the truth is being formed within us, the greater the power of the words we share. The words we speak will not be persuasive words of wisdom, but will be the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. God is looking for changed lives and are people who speak from this place of change and transformation. This is the place where the wisdom of God is spoken from and no other. This is the language and the words of the mature. This is the place that everyone who preaches Christ must preach from as this is the authentic and true position because one is testifying to the true work that Jesus has accomplished within them. The Apostle John said, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What Jesus has accomplished is the spirit behind which the word of God is to be declared. Nothing more and nothing less will then suffice. This is the position of power and not mere words. One is giving testimony to the work God has done or is doing in them. This is why the Bible describes the word of God as a sword of the spirit that judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart.